Hey, it's Amber. I want you to think about that wise friend who knows how to tie things from the past to things going on now. You know that mentor that connects the dots? That's how you'll feel listening to Bible Threads with Dr. Bruce Becker. If you haven't had a chance yet, check it out wherever you listen to podcasts. I am so excited about today's episode. It is called You Are Gifted for More because I am speaking today with Dr. Bruce Becker, who wrote the book Gifted for More. Hey guys, it's Amber, wife, mother, warrior, type A child of God. Here at Little Things, we examine everyday issues from a biblical perspective with one simple goal, to know and love God more. Thanks for joining me. So Bruce, can you let us know how long have you actually been with Time of Grace? Wow. That was a long time ago. Uh, back in 2009 is when I came. So do the math there and um, it uh, comes up to about 13 years next month. Well, you have a special place in my heart because back in 2017, I don't know if you remember it as fondly as I do, but I was planning a conference here in Rochester and I asked you to come speak. And uh, a week before the conference, I got a little email from Bruce Becker that said, hey, Amber, during the conference, do you think you could find some time to talk to me about maybe writing for Time of Grace? And time stopped at that point. I was like, do you think I could find time? I will find whatever time you need. And you didn't even have to open your mouth because I was like, yes, the answer is yes, I would love to. Yes, I remember that fondly. And thank you for the all that you have done here for Time of Grace. Uh, love being part of this. You wrote an amazing book that I just really appreciated. It was called Gifted for More. And we're going to get into what the spiritual gifts are. But why do you think that we, and I say we as Christians, not just um, not just new Christians, but Christians who have grown up in the church, why do you think we spend so little time talking about spiritual gifts? I think the answer to that is on a spectrum or a continuum. On the one end of it, it might be because to do that, we have to examine ourselves because it's mm -hmm. what, what gifts do I, I have? And I think there's some uh, sense of, well, I don't want to focus on me. Uh, I want to focus on, on others. Maybe, maybe in the middle of that continuum is the idea that, well, I don't really get spiritual gifts. Mm -hmm. uh, and then maybe on the far end is maybe some false humility uh, that, uh, you know, I, I want to be humble. I don't want to focus on, you know, what God has gifted me with. So I, it's somewhere in there. I, it's, I think it's different for every person. I think it's all of the above. Everything that you just said um, makes a lot of sense to me, but there is a danger. And what is the danger in not acknowledging or for some of us, even identifying spiritual gifts in God's people? I think there's two uh, pitfalls or dangers. One is, is that we miss out on ministry opportunities to advance uh, uh, the kingdom of God. The other one is, is that we may be focusing on things that we really aren't that gifted in, and we're not focusing on the ones that we are. 
So I think those are the those are the two dangers that I see. Huge. Uh, in 2020, I was part of a Bible study um, with mature Christians, and a woman who has become a dear friend to me actually pointed this out. She asked us all to do a spiritual gift inventory, which I had never done before. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But when I did, I found out my, my gifts were um, teaching, shepherding, and mentoring. And everything fell into place after I found that out. Because what I was finding is that some of the places where I was serving that weren't using those gifts were just drudgery to me. You know, I was serving on committees and doing things that I really didn't like doing so much. And when I realized, hey, stick to teaching Bible study, stick to teaching Sunday school. When you do the things that you're gifted to do, I love to do those things. But when I was putting my time and energy and effort in things that I really wasn't gifted for, A, I was taking someone else's spot and B, I just wasn't enjoying it. That's not surprising. <laughs> It was to me. So I'm glad that you knew that already. That was a huge eye opener for me. Well, I had to learn that too. Uh, everybody has to learn that. And using your spiritual gifts will bring joy uh, uh, to you and then to others because you're excited, enthused, they pick up on that. So, And I think once I realized that if I'm doing something that is not something that I'm uniquely qualified for. Once I realized I'm taking someone's spot who is more uniquely qualified to do that, then it was much easier for me to say, well, I'm th there's no reason for me to serve in that capacity because someone else who has a different gift would be better there than me. So it kind of, it kind of works for both of us that way. Good so you make a distinction that the gifts of the spirit are not our talents and abilities, and they're not acquired knowledge or our genetic disposition. And I think this might be eye-opening for a lot of people. So if you're a really good basketball player, that is not a spiritual gift. What are spiritual gifts and how are they different from the talents God gave us and our natural ability? I'm going to answer this in kind of a roundabout way. One of my podcast series was called The Grand Ands of the Bible. And one of the episodes looked at body and soul and spirit. Everybody has a body and everybody has a soul. And maybe to define soul a little bit, it's uh, the, the Greek word is psyche. It's, it's everything about us that isn't part of our physical body. So how we think, our emotions, our personality, whether we're an introvert, extrovert, those all, all fall under soul. Everybody has a body and a soul. But only people who have been touched by the Holy Spirit in their heart and come to believe in Jesus have the spiritual. And that's where the spiritual gifts uh, uh, come from. Uh, and spiritual gifts are different from talents in that who's the beneficiary of them it is christ his church and other people and so the the focus is different and so many of your spiritual gifts are also your talents but they've been sanctified by the spirit and put to use in the kingdom of god 
I really, really appreciated you clarifying that in the book uh, when you broke it down and even personality strengths, which by the way, I have to bring something up. So your number one personality strength is strategy. And so is mine. So I want to know if that's been more of a blessing or a curse to you. I would say it's been a blessing, but I didn't realize that that was my number one strength until I actually, you know, did strength finders and discovered that. And then hindsight says, oh, uh, that makes sense. That makes sense why I enjoy doing those kinds of things. I'm glad that it's been a blessing to you because I was just teaching my daughter who I think she hasn't done strengths finder, but I'm guessing strategy is pretty close to the top with hers too. And she was saying how at work one day, she was trying to tell someone a better way to do something. And I'm like, Ooh, you have to learn. Like you have to ask and see if they want to know first, like don't just spit out. Cause when you have strategy as a strength, like you can see how things would work better but I have learned over many years that I should ask first, hey, do you want to know how you could maybe do that better? And by, you know, body language, even if they say yes, but you can see that they're giving you the evil eyes, that means no. And then I'm like, never mind. Doesn't matter. We're all good. <laughs> so every, I'm glad it's been a blessing strength, to you. Yeah. Every strength has a uh, downside though, too. So uh, you have to be aware of those. Yeah. You break the spiritual gifts into three categories. What is included in the speaking gifts? First of all, my categories might be different than somebody somebody else's. This isn't a, an exact science or biblically inspired. But the, the speaking gifts see as uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, uh, pastors and teachers or shepherds, um, encouragers, uh, wisdom and knowledge because all those are expressed uh, verbally. Great. So it's interesting that possessing a speaking gift doesn't necessarily mean that you speak publicly with your gift. Wisdom and encouragement are included in the speaking gifts, and those could be shared one-on-one -on -one or in a group of friends. So it's not something that you have to be in front of a crowd, right? That is correct. And that goes back to what spiritual gifts are used for. They're used for building up the capital C church, not mm -hmm. necessarily the small C church or local congregation. It extends into our entire, our entire life. And so, yes, um, if you have that gift um, of encouragement, that can be done with fellow Christians at uh, at your local congregation, but it can be done in your neighborhood or at work. Uh, and you're doing it to demonstrate the love you have of Christ at, that hopefully will lead people to go, boy, that's, thank you very much for that. You know, you know, what, where does that all come from? And we have an opportunity to tell them what we believe. There is someone out there right now who's just like high-fiving in the air and giving praise to God because they didn't realize that they possess the spiritual gift of encouragement until just now. And it's such an important gift. I have a dear, dear friend who has for years sent me cards of encouragement after I do something, she'll hear a podcast or she'll read a Bible study I did or whatever. And I'll get this card in the mail. And she never realized it was a, it was a big deal. And it was actually, as I was reading your book, Gifted for More, 
And I took a screenshot of the page where you were speaking about encouragement and I sent it to her and I go, do you have any idea how important this is, what you do? And she really didn't, you know? So I think someone out there, when you're saying encouragement, well, you mean when I write that card and tell someone to keep going, that's, that's me using my spiritual gift. It is. So what are considered in the serving gifts? Those are things are be described as, you know, activities. Uh, for example, just serving other people, helping somebody who needs help. Uh, the whole area of giving or supporting other people uh, comes into there. Uh, leadership, uh, administration, uh, showing mercy, uh, and probably the last one is faith. I'd like to say something about leadership because I think we have the, a non-biblical definition of leadership. When we think about it as being, oh, I'm the boss, you know, mm -hmm. I'm in charge, I make all, all of the decisions. That's not what the word means. The word means to um, protect, uh, to help, uh, to care for somebody to lead somebody uh, along, uh, but there's no concept in that word leadership of, you know, I'm the boss, I'm in charge, I have the authority, I make the decisions. That's not part of that word. Yeah, in fact, when Jesus described it, he said, you know that the Gentiles lord it over other people, when they're, but you are to serve. Mm -hmm. And I've tried to teach the kids that I teach that being the leader means being the first one there and oftentimes the last one out the door. It means setting up. It means tearing down a lot of times. It isn't just the one who gets the glory for the, the thing going off. It's, it's the one putting in the work a lot of times too and serving those who are affected by it. I love that, again, with the serving gifts, there seems to be a very public one public aspect of this, which is the leaders, the administrators who are very public and very visible. But there's also the very private side of it too, the showing mercy, the um, encouraging with faith, the boldly being faithful or, or, or showing your faith or encouraging people to be faithful. I think that this is so important because some people really aren't understanding that they have their gifts, that they have a gift that's a spiritual gift, and they don't realize um, that it it's just as valuable, whether you're doing it privately to one or two people, or you're doing it very, very publicly. What would you say to these people who have sort of always floated under the radar? We would start with another analogy in the New Testament, and that is the, that, uh, the body of Christ. And we are all members uh, of the body of Christ. And you think of the human body, uh, you have hands and arms and eyes and ears and, and, and so on. And people, if they don't have that public leadership or public administration, they say, well, it's not as important. Well, I'd like to see how you get by without your big toe. That's one of the best illustrations I can think of because you will lose your balance if you do not have uh, the big toe. And it seems to be such an insignificant part of the human body, but it is so vitally important. And so also with spiritual gifts, people may not think that my spiritual gift isn't doing much. It's vitally important to the overall kingdom and to other people. 
Yeah. In fact, someone with the gift of faith, for instance, that rock solid forge ahead faith can bless and encourage not just people outside the church or their neighbors of a, of a different church or whatever, but they can encourage the administrators and the leaders within their church to keep using their gifts. And those using their gifts privately or behind the scenes are super instrumental. And you've been behind the scenes with Time of Grace so for so long. So speak to those who have the gift of giving and those with the gift of faith. And what can they mean to a ministry? Let me just frame this within uh, Time of Grace. And uh, let me start with uh, the faith one. We've had some pretty big challenges over the over the years. And we've had challenges where somebody has given us a gift and challenged us to, to match it, to have other people match that gift. And I don't have the spiritual gift of faith like I would like to have it. Uh, but there are people on our team that do. And they just come right out and say, we will meet that challenge. We will meet that goal. I am confident that God is going to, going to bless us. That's an example of faith. And now when you hear that, you go, okay, I think we, we can, we can do that. And it just, it, it's an encouragement to others when people are bold in their confidence of the words and promises of God. Oh, for sure. Then in terms of um, giving or generosity, that's really what giving is. It's being generous with uh, our financial uh, resources. Uh, there again, the people in the last two years who are friends and partners of Time of Grace have just incredibly blessed this, this ministry financially. And when that happens, we're able to reach more people with the gospel. We're able to be on more platforms. We're able to do some marketing to some new people we've never met before or heard of, uh, of before. And so both the generosity and also the, the confidence and support and encouragement uh, is, is so vital uh, that I've seen over the, the last 13 years. I totally agree. You know, as someone who's often the one in front of the microphone or teaching or writing the book, um, I can't tell people enough that if you're sending a letter of encouragement, or if you're praying for us, you are every bit a part of this ministry, as those of us who are, you know, in front of the microphone or, or writing the blogs or, or whatever that, you know, we need you. And we so appreciate everything you do behind the scenes. Don't ever think that you're not a vital part of this ministry. We're all in this together. I certainly agree. So what are authenticating gifts? That, this is the third category. And in this category, I have miracles, healing, uh, language, uh, in the sense of speaking a language I never learned. And then interpretation of a language uh, that I never learned. And then the final one is discernment. So what is the difference between how authenticating gifts were used in the past, like in the New Testament era, and how they're used now? Let me answer that by saying that there are really two camp when it comes to these uh, spiritual gifts. Uh, 
one camp um, maintains that they are still uh, given to people uh, today. Uh, and the other camp is that these were gifts to authenticate the work of the prophets and the apostles prior to the New Testament scriptures being written. And if you, you read in the book, is, is that I would fall in the latter, in the latter group. I looked at all of the passages uh, that, that spoke about uh, one of these five uh, spiritual gifts, and they are referenced as being authenticating of who they were, that, that Paul really was an apostle. And, I mean, he was challenged as that, you know, he, was a, that he wasn't an apostle, and he was challenged at that. And, and he said, but I have the authenticating gift of being able to do, you know, mir miracles and, and healing. Uh, so the, the scripture points to the fact that they were authenticating for either a prophet or an apostle. Now, again, I'm, I'm open to be uh, being shown that it's, it's the other way around and that these gifts still are here in abundance. But you do see things like discernment in people, uh, people who have the ability to really discern right and wrong or discern that this is where we should be going or that's where we should be going. Uh, you know, the gift of discernment in the New Testament was really reading hearts to find out whether or not uh, the person was a following Christ or following Satan. An example of that is Peter with Ananias and Sapphira. Peter could look into their hearts and see yeah. that they were frauds, uh, and it cost them their life. Yeah, so true. Well, that's good to know. I know, as I was saying to you earlier, you know, I have a friend who can who can just spot New Age religion at the drop of a hat, and it might take me a little bit longer, but she'll be reading a book or she'll be doing something. She's like, nope, that doesn't you know, line up with the Bible. And I, I don't necessarily have that like she does, which is why it's so great to have a friend like that who, you know, we like to share what we're reading. You know, I'm reading this, I'm reading that. And more than once she said, oh, Amber, don't even bother with that book. I've read it. And this is why you don't want to. Bother. I'm like, okay, bringing it back to the library. I would say that uh, discernment and wisdom are first cousins. Okay. And so because wisdom is much the same, that you're able to observe something and come to a conclusion just based upon, you know, it might be part of your life experience or, but it's, those two, I think, are, are closely related. Okay, that, yeah, that might make a lot of sense. You include a spiritual gift inventory in the back of the book. Well, first of all, for somebody who has no idea what we're talking about, what is a spiritual gift inventory? There are, well, I don't know how many questions, over 100 questions. And, you know, uh, well, here, let me read one to you. Given a choice, I would rather work with my hands than my head. And you either select very true, somewhat true, slightly true, or not true at all. And you go through all of these questions, and then there is a scorecard in the back. And what it does, depending on how you rank them, um, it will help you identify your spiritual gifts. So, I mean, it's not perfect, but it, if you're questioning, what are my spiritual gifts? It will help point you in, in that direction. 
I love that. And I think I, I would definitely encourage anybody to do a spiritual gift inventory. I think it's a great jumping off um, spot where you can at least see what your tendencies are. One other thing that I think has been really key in my life is some um, people have spoken into me and said, Amber, I think you would be a good teacher. I never set out to teach myself. I didn't want to teach Sunday school. In fact, I argued that I wasn't a teacher. I'm sure there are better people. I wasn't going to teach my first women's Bible study. I wrote the Bible study. I gave it to my pastor and I said, you should teach this. And he looked back and he said, no, you should teach this. And again, I said, I'm not a teacher. Like I don't, so I, I don't, I don't want to ignore the fact that especially people who are working with newer Christians or younger people, um, being willing to identify a spiritual gift in someone else can be a huge blessing. I think that's a really good uh, insight and observation. Other people will will witness, uh, will observe your spiritual gifts, uh, even if you don't think you, you, you have them, uh, because they know what it looks like. Yeah, and that's, that's really both building up the body and then also involving the body, mm -hmm. right? So my pastor could have led the Bible study. He absolutely could have, but by asking me to do it and then, you know, walking me through it, he was equipping me to do that, which was huge. And that's what we need to do with each other, right? I would agree. This is a really, really good book. It's an easy read. I think I read it in two settings. I couldn't put it down. I loved it. I hope people will look for it. Um, Bruce, where can they find it? They can go to our website, timeofgrace.org, click on the store or use the search uh, button and just type in gifted for more and it'll take you right to it. Oh, perfect. Hey, so what are you working on with your Bible threads? I'm in the process of getting near the end of a series, which I called by the numbers. I love it. I've been and it, uh, you know, looks at the, some of the key numbers that have symbolism and special emphasis uh, throughout the Bible. And the ones that we've looked at so far are 1, 3, 4, 7, 10, and 12. And my next one that's going to be uh, published is the number 40, which is really an interesting number. And then I'm going to take a look at multiples of these numbers as they occur in the Bible. And then the uh, 10th episode is going to just look at some rather unique numbers, like the mm. number of fish post-resurrection that uh, the disciples hauled in while Jesus is on the shore. That's one of my favorites. Ooh, I can't wait. Yeah, because that was a very specific number. That's right. Okay. So if our listeners, Little Things listeners, if you have not checked out Bruce's podcast, this is what I'll describe it as. So um, there are different layers to the Bible. So I, you know what, when I read my Bible myself, I, I get out something. And when I study the Bible to teach it or with a group, I kind of get another layer. So a lot of times that's the context of what was going on at that time. Sometimes it's an application. So Bruce in his podcast, he adds another layer and he shows you how there's these threads throughout the Bible that 
I've never noticed. I've noticed some of them, but I've never noticed a lot of them. And even when I was listening to your numbers with uh, the number 12, the 12 tribes of Ishmael, never thought about that. I've read my Bible many times, never thought about it. And then you bring in how, oh yeah, and it's referenced in Ezekiel and it's referenced in Jeremiah. And then I was like, there's so much to the Bible that you're always learning. There's so much there. So I would definitely, definitely tell people to go to uh, Bible Threads with Dr. Bruce Becker. You're going to learn a lot. It's probably things that you might not have ever thought about before. Definitely worth checking out. I hope you do. Bruce, anything to add before we go? Just that uh, my approach to Bible Threads is I do not stop studying until I have found multiple things that I uh, never knew, because I figure if I never knew them, the chances are that there are there are plenty of other people who didn't know them either. So that's kind of my filter through which I uh, I prepare Bible threads. Oh, I love that. So are you saying that you're learning a lot as well? Oh, I am learning so much. Uh, and uh, it, it's uh, talk about um, strengths. My number two strength is learner. Ah. And so I'm I'm loving it. And I, I am, I'm learning a, learning a lot and, and hope that uh, what I've learned uh, is helpful to other people as well. Oh, definitely, definitely is. So go check out Bible Threads. Fun, uh, really encouraging. And if you're at, even at all remotely curious about the Bible, you will definitely get some new insights there. Thank you, Bruce, for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks for listening again this week. And don't forget, we're here for you. Check out the many resources we have to help you on your faith journey. Just go to timeofgrace.org to sign up for our daily email that will keep you in the loop with all that we have available.